What's up, Tony? What's up, brother? Hey, man, I can't tell you how pumped I am to be uh, to be going to Hair Love Retreat 2020. Dude, we've been watching this for several years. Now we get to actually be a part of it in real life. Dude, I cannot wait. There's going to be so much education there. Um, it, I mean, like you can do like extensions. You can do there's just there's just so much to do. I can't wait to kind of watch it all. And you can, you can unwind. You know, I mean, there's so much there to do, mm -hmm. and hopefully you can come and do it with us. But for our listeners, the best part, go ahead, $500 off. So if you use our code, and our code is Hairdistry Hair Love, if you go to hairdistryretreat.com and put in Hairdistry Hair Love, you can get $500 off your, what is it, admission? Yeah, yeah, your ticket. Dude, right? what a way to save 500 bucks. But you wanna know something? We have a special guest today, the one and only, the founder of Hair Love Retreat, Hair Love Miss, Miss Elizabeth, Elizabeth Fay. Welcome, Miss Elizabeth Fay. <laughs> Hello, you guys are so so wonderful. How are she you? She meant to say goofy. Yeah, we are goofy. <laughs> I'm so excited you guys are coming. Dude, I can't believe we I'm finally made it happen, you know? Yeah. I know, I know. I was um, one of your guys's kind of in the beginning episodes. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You were uh, premiere. <laughs> yeah, the premiere is our first live event, and you were like, uh, you know, our third guest of that day of our first day. I've always loved what you guys are doing, and watching your journey has been really cool. And I feel like we've both been a part of each other's journeys um, the last however long it's been, a few years. And I'm super excited. You know, this is five days of the industry's top education from barbering to color, cutting, business. I mean, so many cool business. Um, we have roundtables, like panels. We do, we do education a little bit differently. And then you also get to hike famous mountains, mm. do incredible yoga. The networking here is like nothing in the industry. It's just a safe place to leave with lifelong business friendships and i have watched these stylists come in and leave with like this tribe of artists and 10x their businesses really leave feeling confident and empowered and for me um experience education and like investing in my own business is what's completely changed my life and so i'm excited to do this again in another big way this year it's going to be so good and we really really um you know love your audience and what you're doing so we definitely want to give everyone here if this is something that's been on your bucket list you won't regret it it's an investment that will pay you back for years to come so yeah use the 500 dollars off code and make it happen yeah that's awesome i mean I, I i'll speak for our listeners and i know that they appreciate just the opportunity to save 500 for, for for such an event it's pretty cool so again that uh that code is hairdustry hair love and um again you can punch that in at the uh, hairloveretreat.com and also make sure you dm us and let us know who you want us to interview oh boom good call all right peace elizabeth we'll see you there see you there bye guys What's up, brother? Hey, man. I want to uh, give a big thanks to uh, our sponsors uh, today. Thank you, Schedulicity. Thank you so much for doing what you do for our industry. You give so much love. You give so much love to us. We want to uh, thank you from the bottom of our heart.
Well, uh, in 2019, they changed the industry, right? They changed the industry with both Schedule City Cares by giving away $5,000 a month to a hairdresser and some barbers, right? And wow. with Schedule C Pays. Yeah, and Schedule C Pays was huge. Ginormous. It, yeah, and, and it definitely, definitely will save you money. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, a 1.99% processing fee and for 10 cents uh, a swipe. I mean, you do your research. You can't find better. No. And a free card reader. And a free card reader. That's right. <laughs> Which is integrated right into the app, right? So you don't have to leave the app. Everything is, uh, is right there for you. Yeah. And also we want to bring to the family. Yeah. So uh, we're also excited to talk about uh, salon scales and welcome them. Um, and then they give you the price, which then in turn, you, you, uh, you, you forward to your to your uh, client. So what they're doing is they're doing labor and product. So you charge for your labor, you know, you charge X amount, you know, per, per hour. And then you're also um, charging for your product, but they kind of walk you through that. But more importantly to me is you see exactly how much product you're using and, and exactly how much product that, it, that it's costing you. Right. So like, I know for instance, like I was way undercharging like for either a gloss or, or, or for a toner because I was using more product than I was actually charging for it. So, you know, for years and years and years, I've been losing money with those services. Well, now I've, I've readjusted my, schedule, my, my pricing. So now I can, I can make some more money on, on, on those products. Or so, not lose money. <laughs> not lose money. Exactly. I mean, literally, it's crazy when you do a gloss and now it's costing you money. You know, that, that's, that's just silly to it's think like about. Like taking your car to a mechanic and they charge you for labor and not for parts. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. So now, now they've given us the ability to charge for that. Um, and, and again, just for me, the, the biggest aha for me was just the awareness of, of, of what these products are actually costing me because I had no clue before. A really, uh, another really cool thing about Salon Scales is that you just put in whatever product line that you're using and, and it's already preset in the, uh, in the app. You just go to their website and you go, hey, I'm using this product line, that product line, this product line. And it just, it automatically puts it in the app for you. So when you're, when you're weighing your, your product, you just boop, 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 boop. And even if like, like because we're independent, what do you got to do? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> because we're independent, you know, we use, we use, it's not just one product line that we use or one color line that we use. Like I use, um, I use Schwarzkopf uh, Lightner, but I use Redken um, uh, shades and it's, and you're able to put all those products in there so you can weigh exactly, uh, exactly what you, uh, what you want. So they're making it super easy for you. They're making it incredibly easy for you and you're saving money and you can actually make money because I think I said earlier, you can, you can set the price to whatever you want to charge for that. Meaning like if a tube of color is costing you $10, you can mark it up. So it's $20. So when you forward that to your client, that um, little bit of a, a, a margin there as well. It's, it's so great. Um, again, just thank you very much, Salon Scales. Thank you for being on board with us. And, uh, and we can't wait to see how you guys change the industry in 2020. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best bud, Tone. What's up, man? What's up, brother? What's going on? Well, uh, once again, we're sitting here at Matrix Destination 2020, and uh, we want to first give a big shout out and thank you to Matrix. Martin and Matrix, right? Because Martin was the one that kind of uh, arranged us to make to come in. Yeah, and Chandra for making all the schedules work for everybody, and she's uh, busting her butt, and we really uh, couldn't do a lot of this without her. We certainly couldn't do what we're doing right here in this moment because uh, Chandra was able to... Uh, to hook us up with our last guest of the day. Yeah, she's our new bestie. She is our new bestie. We should bring her on the road with her and just right. like set her out there to go pick up people for us. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's, a, she's amazing. She is amazing. So Matrix, uh, give that girl a raise. L'Oreal, give that girl a raise because uh, she is busting her tail this weekend and uh, and we really appreciate her. So, um, so once again, when we do these live events, it's very, very cool for the people that we can kind of pick up on the way. 
Yeah, and, and I'm curious, you know, you might 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 not mess her last name up, but I think you might mess the company she works for up a little bit. But <laughs> so I'm curious to hear you say that uh, kind of quickly. But uh, uh -huh. yeah, so the, today's guest. I like how you look forward to me goofing up. Right. What kind of friend are you, man? That's the worst ever. I can't wait for him to mess up so I can goof on him forever. Right. No, it's all love, brother. I know, it's all love. You know? But go ahead. Let's go. Should we get him? So, I mean, all jokes aside, um, a, a few months ago, I guess it's been about six months or, or so, that uh, Alfredo started to put out a bunch of uh, videos about, about, a, um, about almost like a plant-based product that he was using. And it, like, blew everyone's mind. <laughs> You know, um, and you see the little hot water bottle, and you know they mix it up, and you see the steam coming out of the bowl. Right, and just like, well, first off, you see the steam coming out of the bowl, you go, "That's going on someone's head," right? <laughs> right? But um, but it's just it's really intriguing. It's really intriguing um, um, technology, and um, and I can't wait to play with it myself. If we can get a if we can get a little uh, handout this uh, this weekend, yeah. Um, so we can um. I hope that we get into that conversation, but, but there's today's much more. guest is going to be able to tell us all about it, and that's what I'm super excited about because uh, I also think that everybody else is super excited about learning about this product. Should we get in? Yeah, who, who, who are we talking, talking about? To? So today we are talking to Sunny. Well, she said not to use her old name, so Sunny Brooks. So we're, we're, we're talking Sunny Brooks. Sunny, Sunny Brooks. Now it's a mystery. <laughs> now it's a mystery. You're gonna so, Google me and like try and figure they, it out. They told, well, they're gonna not find you as Sunny Brooks because apparently somebody just got married or something. So, um, <laughs> so, so Sunny Brooks sitting down with us today, and she's um, she's with the Matrix. Um, Biolage. There you go. You were hesitating. Oh, you were hesitating. It. <laughs> we got it. So, uh, ding, 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 ding. all right. Well, she wants to talk, so let me bring her in. So, uh, uh, Sunny Brook, welcome to your day off. Hi guys. <laughs> What's nice up, to man? Meet you. Nice thank to meet you as well. Yeah. Thank you for joining. Us. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, legit. This is so cool. So, yeah, but Sunny Brook, with the like, you know, like you were saying with a little swag, it does sound kind of tough. Uh, does it? Know? Yeah, Brooke. I think it's the way you're Sunny saying Brooke. it. Sunny yeah. Brook. Come on. Normally people are like, Where, is your mom a hippie? Was your mom a hippie? And I'm like, no, she loves Shirley Temple and her book, Sunny Brook, Rebecca Farms. So I don't think that's that badass. Sunny, let's see. Sounds badass when no. you say it. We're going with Sunny Brook. Hey, Sunny Brook. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Brook. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. 100%. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Where am I from? I'm from Earth. No. Um, <laughs> I, I Good was, answer from the biologist girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just trying to keep you on your toes here, guys. Um, I'm actually, I was born uh, in Oxnard, California, and raised in San Luis Obispo. So I am a California girl. Through and through. Through and through, all the way. Yeah. Well, it's pretty sunny in, uh, in California, so I guess that, that works out as well. Dad joke. <laughs> we barely even started. I know. Well, Sunny said she's going to goof on me for all my dad jokes, and I said, yeah, you Permission accepted. I think we should just throw a coin in the bucket and like right. see how, do how far it. along we get. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. boom, boom. I know that's crazy. So, Sunny, where um, how did you uh, how did you find hair, or how did you get in the industry, or what's your what's your path to the industry? How much time you guys have? We got we got as long as you want. <laughs> yep. We got more time than you got. <laughs> you both thought that was because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Um, let's see, my journey started uh, when I was like 15. My mm -hmm. dad would always ask me what I wanted to do with my life. And the two things, my dad was a very intense, like intellectual person. And the two things I would always tell him is that I loved being creative and helping people. 
So um, when I turned 17, I finished school, and my mom was the one that suggested that I go to beauty school as a way to put myself through college. Um, and I thought it meant that I'd be a counselor, and um, so I thought beauty school was a way for me to be able to make money while I went to college. So um, I really started my career when I was 17, and it's been 20 years. So, so the beauty school, so you, it was part of a high school program? No, I actually graduated early. I did junior high in one year um, because I was eager to get out on my own, and um, I was homeschooled and because I had done really well in school and was one of those kids that uh, would get into trouble because I was really bored in school. So my parents homeschooled me and kind of gave me the fast track, and I got out early. So I finished at 17. Oh, that's cool. Graduated, yeah. Awesome. So you decided you're going to learn a trade before you actually start college. Yeah, so we, I, I came from a pretty poor family, um, so the only way for me to go to college was for me to be able to pay for myself. So my mom had told me about the beauty industry, and she'd always cut our hair. I'm the oldest of five kids. Um, and so she, you know, she told me about this thing called beauty school, and I was like, what's that? Mm -hmm. It's a place where you can go and play with hair all day long. And I thought, amazing, that sounds great. And you get paid and you have freedom. It sounds like, you know, the best of both worlds. Um, so I enrolled and actually what's kind of crazy, um, I was thinking about this the other day is that I actually almost didn't even go to beauty school because I had such bad car problems. I had to use all my money I'd saved for school to fix my car so I could actually make it to school. And I remember sitting in uh, the office of the woman who ran the school and I was like and I was telling her that I couldn't go and um, and and she said you know I really feel like you should be here I feel like this is like what you're meant to do and let me figure out a way so she like created this payment plan for me and it, it was interesting because there were like so many hurdles along the way that kept making me think that it wasn't the right path but then every time like a door would shut another would open mm. and I enrolled in school and I didn't really know that that was my passion at the time. I just knew that I loved being creative and helping people, and that this was going to be a step to get me there. Were you, um, when you were being homeschooled or early in your life, were, um, did you have a creative spirit as well? Yeah, I, I um, grew up painting um, and doing ceramics. Um, I took art from a very young age. And actually, when I was in second grade, um, I started my own business making jewelry. And I sold, and that's how I would go to like camp or like any of the school events and that kind of thing. So I was always into like creating things um, and figuring out how to make money off of them. Right. And did you guys, uh, did you individually or with your family, did you guys like do community service or help others? Was that, a, you know, kind of instilled in you as far as your spirit? Yeah, we definitely were because we received so much help. Um, and so being on that end of it, it made us want to give back. So we're, you know, definitely involved in the community and um, doing our share, you know. Oh, I can, I can relate to that story. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's why I, I was asking you because it's, uh, it's dear to my heart as well. That's cool. That's so, so I want to hear your story sometime. Right. <laughs> oh, we'll give you a couple podcasts that you're going to listen okay, okay. to. <laughs> you Great. can hear his story. I got story. my homework cut off. Yeah, you definitely. On, on the plane ride home, Jelly. Okay. You, you definitely Great. do. So, so, um, so she helped you out by putting together a payment plan. Was it was it something that yeah. she like? Was it just during the term of your of your um, uh, education uh, while you were enrolled in the school? Or, yeah. or Okay. So, so she like she just broke that up for you. Yeah. So it was a ten month program, um, and so I would go to school. She had like a firm payment. 
right before yeah. there was a firm. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought, I like, I was like, oh, my parents did this at Kmart, you know, like, right. <laughs> they would put our school. Oh, like layaway and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, so it's kind of like layaway, you know. I just like, you know, I was living with my parents. I bought my first car and I was like trying to figure out a career. So I would go to school 40 hours a week and I would wait tables at night. And that was how I would make money to pay for my car and my school and like figure life out. Um, but it's interesting because when I graduated, my parents were like, okay, time for you to move out. Like you're on your own. Oh, so they like kicked you out. Yeah. They were like, you got to go and like, you know, make a, well, there was living. five other kids there. Yeah. I mean, you know, they get there to make room. They needed more space. People fighting over like, I want her room. I got her room. <laughs> well, there was three of us in one bedroom. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, they they like, it was more about closet space. <laughs> I think. Um, but Sonny's I guilty of taking a lot of closet space. Is that uh, hey, hey. <laughs> we're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> Maybe like 45 minutes into the conversation, we'll see. All right. But I was thinking about this the other day. We did this exercise in beauty school where the teacher had us do, like, look at all the different career paths that you can go into in the beauty industry. So, you know, you could be a platform artist, a salon owner, you could work behind the chair, you could get into editorial celebrity. And I remember our task was to figure out which one we wanted. And I, I was kind of a little sassy at that stage in my life. I've become more of a girl now. Um, and I showed up, you know, when it, this homework was due, and I just said, I like put my hand up, and I was like, all I want to do is be able to pay rent. Like, that's my goal. My teacher was like, okay, you didn't really do the homework. And I'm like, I, I researched all of these, but right now all I can do is like figure out how am I going to get from school to like paying rent on my own. That's real as the right yeah wow. and it and it's always been like that's been like okay here's a challenge like how do I face it and then like how do I get past it and it's I think it's really taught me how to be a good businesswoman because you have to problem solve especially right. in our industry like working as hairdressers you're constantly solving problems when people sit in your chair so did she uh, did you incomplete no I passed she uh, I won her <laughs> yeah I was one of her best students she charmed but, her yeah <laughs> That's so cool. So what happened like after you got out of hair school and stuff like um, what was the next part of your path? So I worked behind the chair for actually. OK, so I graduated beauty school. Then I assisted a couple of hairdressers who were like the big hairdressers in my small town. Um, what small and, town is that? Uh, from San Luis Obispo. Oh, that's why I missed it. Or she said St. Louis or something. Yes. If you if you if you know the town, you call it slow. Slow. Yeah. So uh, where is like slow located to like like near LA or whatever? It's exactly halfway between San Francisco and LA. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. It's a little small town. So I assisted for a couple of years, and then uh, I ended up moving to England, and I worked for a company there, which was actually kind of a serendipitous experience. I I worked I went there to like uh, run a youth service, and I was in love with an Englishman at the time. And I really missed doing hair. I was just doing house calls for people. And I wanted to be in the salon environment, be with other artists. So I walked into a salon there, a, a really well-known one. Um, and I said, hey, I would love to wash hair for you. Can, do you have any openings? And, and the guy that was the head creative director was like, yeah, you can start right now. I was like, okay. <laughs> I just started washing hair for him. I had no idea who he was. I knew it was a well-established salon. Later, I found out that he was like, the British hairdresser of the year for the last three years. So I worked for him for a year and went to their night school um, in England. And that's where I really learned my aesthetic because the school that I went to in Slow was very basic. It was like you pass cosmetology school uh, you know, to pass the license. 
and they really taught me. It's a different education system there, and it's a different aesthetic. Um, so I really learned a ton in that year being there. And then I came back to California, and all of the salons there really didn't have any programs for assistants. So I wanted to create a salon that was an environment that people could go to from beauty school into um, and feel successful in a salon. So after working in slow, so I went to England and came back, and then working in slow for two years, I decided to open my own salon um, with my best friend, and her name is Harmony. We had the same birthday. Sunny and Harmony. Like a, yeah, that sounds like and a, Harmony. Like Sunny and Cher, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, what an opportunity in England, though. Was, yeah. the, was the guy a little uh, disappointed that you were leaving after a year? After um, they invested in you so much? Yeah, I don't know. We had really, it was really, like, he was just so supportive. He's a really good mentor. And, I mean, I was one of, like, ten assistants in the salon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just fun for them to have, like, California girl. And, like, I had a different, I brought them a different, right. yeah, aesthetic. And um, their training program was Did they ever say they like your accent like we do with British people? Yeah, well, but it was kind of weird because it was also when Arnold Schwarzenegger was in office and, like, British people were a bit, you know, dry and judgmental. Not judgmental, <laughs> but, like, you know, they were a little, like, oh, that's funny. You have a celebrity in the, you know, which is look at us now. But <laughs> um, So I would actually go into pubs and I would pretend like I was British because I didn't want to deal with all the jokes that people would have about me Get out, American really? and, like, all the politics we'd have to talk about. And so what's your, your British accent? And, like, it's going to sound Australian, I feel like. Go ahead. I've been talking all morning. Let's see. Hello, hello, mate. How are you? You're all right. You're right. You having a good time? Oh, that's not too bad. That's pretty good, right? That does sound really good. I thought we just says, "Are you all right? Are you right?" I kind of thought we were sitting with Sophia Hilton or something. See, if you were British, you'd rub off on me a little bit more. We were, yeah. We're going to rub off with. Dad jokes, apparently. There we go. Oh, no. <laughs> My dad would love those. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So you got back to, um, so you went, you went, so so you went back you, to slow? When you came back to slow, how old were you? I was 22. I think it was 22. So you're saying that at 24, you opened up your first salon? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it was 24. Yeah, 24, because I owned it for five years and left when I was 21. Yeah. Wow. So that I was, look back and I think that's crazy. Like, 24-year-olds I know now, I'm like, you know, I took out a bank loan. I started taking business classes the same day I opened. I designed the whole space. So before It's we, crazy. Before we get into those five years of owning the salon, your mom and dad, they must have been like, you know what I mean? Especially the way, you, how poor you grew up, and all of a sudden, here you are coming back from England. You're opening up your own shop. There's got to be a super proud, like, you know, mom and dad. My parents are amazing. Yeah, they were really hard on me growing up, which at the time I thought was a bit much. But looking back, I think it's what I needed. You know, my dad always said, like, set the bar really high because you'll you'll achieve that and more. You know, don't say I can only do this or this. Don't limit yourself. And I think that was one of the best things that he taught me is just like shoot high. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right. So we own a salon at 24. Yeah. <laughs> with, with harmony. You know, yeah. I think. Bones, thugs, and harmony. <laughs> that was a good joke. Nah! <laughs> you know, I think also it was just sort of my, like, uh, I think if I 
Now, when I talk to people who want to start their own businesses, I tell them not to. There's so many things that I tell them to like look out for and hurdles and homework that they need to do before they open a salon. And I think part of it was just me, my passion and ambition, which was driven by, you know, when I left beauty school, there was no real training place for me. Uh, it was literally like going and getting paid minimum wage and just standing around and washing hair. There was no like program in my city. And I really wanted to be able to give that to other people. And I, at the same time, it made me, ha it made me challenge myself to become a better hairdresser by educating myself because everything that I would learn, I could give to my staff um, and to my assistants. And so I just felt like by taking that risk that I didn't know and like challenging myself, I had to learn so that I could have more to give other people. And by looking back, I'm like, oh my God, that was, <laughs> that was a lot. But you know what? The thing is, is like, if you think about it, I didn't go to a college, but instead I took out a loan and I learned a lot in five years and I made money and mm -hmm. I came out and was able to like elevate my career. You know, everyone has different paths. Mine wasn't going to college, like a real college. Um, and so it definitely like helped me be a better business owner. You know, college only gives you. God, I'm gonna get killed by college people, but like, I know. I was you, the biggest thing. School is a real college. What am I saying? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that is that is that college? It's not about the college education. It's about the college experience, yeah. right? And and that experience is one getting out of the wing, right, of your parents' wing and, and whatever that is. And you did that. You know, yeah. you, you you did your experience. You did the college experience. You just did it with real consequence. Yeah, the and risk was, was a lot higher. Heck yeah, which which also means that the learning curve is a lot higher and a lot quicker. And you know you, you couldn't afford to not learn. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. But like in college, like you can I don't always know a whole lot of twenty four year olds getting out of college and starting their own business. No, I'm with you. Yeah. You know, I think I think it, I think it's brilliant. You know, and uh, you know a little bit of youth and naivety never hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah, fire under your butt. Yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah. that's really really cool. So what I, I mean, you, you kind of said that you were learning to you know pay forward to to what what systems did you have in place um, in that salon or 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 not or you know what did you learn along the way as far as that goes? I mean, it was definitely a journey um, from opening day. It was it started out me and my best friend working in the salon, and then um, people would come out of beauty school, and they would we had such a large clientele that they would come in and assist, and then. Slowly but surely, we would hand off different clients that maybe, you know, as we raised our prices that didn't, couldn't afford us. Um, and so they would go with the assistant and have, you know, that, that lower haircut price. Um, but it would also give them the experience. And this was all something that we tried to include our clients in. Um, and they loved seeing someone grow as well. Right, it was, it was sure. a thing that we all would celebrate. So, you know, it started out with two of us, and then by the end of five years, there was 22 of us. Wow. Um, you know, and there was more than that through those five years, but there was, like, a good core. There was that core of 22? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Through all those learning curves, did it ever test yours and Harmony's friendship or closeness? Yeah, there's definitely challenging times, you know, when you have the bank calling you, and you're kind of wondering if you're going to sell enough product that month to be able to pay, you know, your front desk manager uh, and you're dealing with those tensions and then you're also trying to balance it with having a life at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, my partner had gotten married and 
and I was struggling with trying to figure out how to be an owner, but still an artist, and um, and how to work behind the chair, but also run my business. So there was a lot of different tensions and stresses, and we, I think the thing is that we had a really long-standing friendship before that, um, and similar values. So that really helped us because we would kind of go back to those things when it got challenging. We were like, no matter what, the most important thing is our relationship. You know, money comes and goes, career paths, success comes and goes. But if we honor each other and respect each other, we're going to look back and be happy with the choice that we made. So we tried to, it was hard sometimes, um, but we tried to kind of. With any relationship, that's hard, right? Yeah. You know, like, you know, you, you make those same commitments when you say, I do. Yeah. And, and and is this your first kid that you're about to have? Yeah. Yeah, you make those same relationships with your first kid too. Yeah. But they don't make the but they don't make the relationship back. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. Parenting one That's not a dad joke. Okay. That's not a dad joke. That's, that's the truth joke there, man. Okay. You know, like like you're committed to them and you don't always feel like they're committed to you. But it's pretty uh it's amazing. You're gonna you're gonna have an incredible run with uh with being a parent. It's thank you. It'll it'll change your core, man. I had this realization the other day. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the coolest thing I've ever created so far. This podcast? Yeah, the podcast. (laughs) Totally. But I was just thinking, I was like, oh, my God, this is something that my husband and I created. Yeah. Do you know the gender? A girl. You know the name? Yeah. You sharing it? Yeah. Um, her name's Ella. So my my mother's name. How was, very British of you. Is it? It's Spanish actually. Well, it's spelled it? the Spanish way. E L A. Okay. Yeah, but it's after our mothers. So my mom's name is Angela, and my husband's mother's name was Gabriella. So we just took the last. That's we've, no, we've known her name day. forever. Yeah. That's incredible, man. That's pretty awesome. They knew the name forever. They're like, we hope it's a girl. I know. I, I, I when, the, when the nurse <laughs> called me, I was like, yes. Yay! Little Ella. I don't know what we would call a boy, but you're like, is it a boy or is it an Ella? Yeah, I just <laughs> I could see her for the longest time, so it would have been I don't know. It's a girl, so it's a girl, so it's that's Ella. How the story goes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll get back to the salon. Yeah. So, after the five years, was it a decision that you both came up with, or that one of you suggested to sell? Uh, it was kind of a few different things. So the business, um, the space that we had leased, the um, the building, um, there was an earthquake that happened a couple years before that. And so the city had made it a law where all the buildings had to get retrofitted. And there was a lot of unknowns of the time frame, and then it got moved up sooner and sooner because there were a couple more earthquakes that happened. So we were in a really beautiful old historic building that was going to have to shut down for a year or two. And for me to move my business, I was going to have to take another loan. And um, the cost of living had risen so much at that five-year mark because all of the buildings in this small town were having the same issue. So everyone was fighting over square footage. So when I did all the numbers... I was going to have to commit to like another 10, 20 year commitment to have the same lifestyle. And I always think about things in in time and in lifestyle. Um, And I was like, I don't know that I want to be a behind the chair hairdresser for another 15 years. And for me to be able to be successful and have the lifestyle that I want, I need to make this much money. So I just, you know, backtracked all the numbers and it didn't make sense. So it was a really hard choice because I also didn't know what I wanted to do from there. So 
did I want to go work for somebody? Well, that's kind of weird when I've been like a salon owner in a small town and sat in business meetings with all these other salon owners. Like, how do I go work for somebody else mm -hmm. and feel challenged? It was more like about that. Like, I don't mind working with other people. It was, I need to feel like I'm growing and expanding because that's what gives me. It's more, even more than a paycheck. It's just feeling like I'm growing as a, as a person. And, um, and so I was having that internal dialogue, and then my business partner had gotten married. She was thinking about having a family, so her lifestyle was changing too. So it was it was a, a mixture of like what was actually happening, where we wanted to be in our future, um, and so it was a really hard choice because I also felt felt very accountable to my staff because my decision would affect their lifestyle. Sure. Um, so it. Was, it Kind of, so as I was trying to figure out, is this door closing? Is a new one opening? What's happening? I had started getting uh, into doing photo shoots. And, you know, photo shoots cost a lot of money. Didn't really have money for photo shoots, but I had clients that were photographers, and I had a client who was a dressmaker. And so we started making these, like, creative shoots where I could just, like, do whatever kind of hair I wanted, and I could direct the shoots. Um, and one of my first ones was um, using... A newspaper as a uh, fabric for dresses That's we, cool. we didn't have money for fabric so we just used newspaper and we did this whole like recycled photo shoot around um, sustainable fashion and we did that and it got featured in the paper um, and then I had another opportunity I was working with a company at the time a hair care company and they had a photo shoot contest that you could enter and win your first editorial shoot like complete with like a massive studio um like all the like and it was going to be in a uh, i think it was in um like behind the chair.com or a different trade magazine so it was like a first print editorial so i entered it um and the way that i entered it is a whole nother story i'll save for another time <laughs> but um i didn't want to just enter like a paper book so i gave a anyways that's another story um, <laughs> I'm like try not to go on too many tangents. Um, anyways, I entered this and I won. I hadn't wanted anything up to that point for a few years. And I really wanted to win this, sh this photo shoot and I won it and I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And I started seeing a new path. So I went and I did this photo shoot and I left and I was like, this is what I wanna do. I wanna do more of this, how? So I started researching like how to collaborate with more artists. Um, and I started going to LA more because that's where you could meet photographers and models. And I would work four days a week in the salon, go two days down to LA. My best friend lived down there. And I started creating a portfolio. Um, and my, you know, and I was running a salon at the same time. I don't have the energy for that now. <laughs> now I'm just making a baby. <laughs> making um, body parts. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's a hard job too. But. Um, yeah, so I started, you know, that, that path started opening up to me, um, and I began to see how much I enjoyed doing that, and collaborating with other artists, makeup, wardrobe stylists, photographers, art directors, and creating in a new way that I felt was expanding um, my skill set. So our listeners, if they, you know, how did you reach out, or how did you find these people to collab with how did you what was your process to meet new people um well 
doing that one photo shoot where I won that contest gave me beautiful images. So that photographer, that makeup artist, that art director, um, that wardrobe stylist all had contact. I mean, we all were in connection with each other. But then there was also at this time this thing called Model Mayhem. Uh, where you could go on and you could find different photo shoots and collaborate with people and it's interesting because like some of the people that are really well known in my industry now I, I shot with on Model Mayhem 10 years ago Wow! and I had no idea who they were you know and now they're like shooting campaigns with like supermodels and you're like wow I mean you knew when you met them because you could feel the drive and the passion and you could see the talent mm -hmm. and so you'd want to continue to collaborate and there was a but there was a lot of like not talented like you know what those same photographers are saying today? What? That girl's sunny, boy. She's doing some stuff, and I worked with her on Model Mayhem. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's true. It's 100% true. That's oh, it. It's so crazy. That is crazy. Um, like, the first ma the first makeup artist I worked with on that photo shoot, she does Billy Bob, Kelsey Denham, like, she does Reese Witherspoon, wow. you know, and her and I laughed because we are like, do you remember that first photo shoot we ever did? That's so cool. It's crazy. That's growth, man. That's yeah. it. That's growth. That's incredible. We don't have those stories in D.C. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, model mayhem uh, <laughs> little winners out there. I was trying to think of what people use now. I, don't I was thinking that when you said it. Actually, I was yeah. like, oh, they don't exist anymore? Now it's just Instagram. You know, you see photographer. I guess that's what, yeah, that's what my assistant does. She just DMs photographers and, you know, hey, let's, let's do a photo. It's a lot easier now, too, because cameras are amazing. Oh, my gosh. They're, like, so much easier to use. Our phones are amazing. I mean, our phones as good as uh, any camera, you know, was uh, ten years ago yeah. when we were doing, you know, especially like the new iPhones and stuff. They're amazing, you know. And that whole that whole camera game can get out of control quick. Yeah. Right, Gabriel. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that can get out out of control I mean, quick. Now you see this new avenue that where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So now you're starting to network and you're starting to kind of build this portfolio. How do you, you're making money from the salon. I know you own the salon at the same time. Yeah. But how do you see the, the where you're going to make money in, in, in this path, right? Because, I mean, to do shoots and win contests is one thing. But to, to create a living from it is another. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a puzzle. It's like how do you complete the puzzle or how do you connect the dots? Um, and so I saw the salon as it was, it was definitely something that was like opening doors for me. And it was a it was reliable income too. So at the same time, I was risking by doing these photo shoots for free, traveling on my own dimes, go to LA to build a portfolio. And so I kind of looked at the situation. I thought, okay, how can I build a bridge between living in San Luis Obispo and trying to build a career? And you know, you have to kind of create steps in between those to get from A to B. That was like one of the best things my dad ever taught me was. You know, you can't jump a whole entire staircase. You have to take it one step at a time to get to the top. And so I just saw living in, I saw, oh, it took me a long time to make the choice, but I eventually was like, I need to sell the salon and close that door. Um, so over a year, what I did is I would, I committed to like building a portfolio. So I'd go as often as I booked shoots down to LA and do those photo shoots. And I also started working in a salon. Um, down there in Beverly Hills. So I would go once a month, and San Luis Obispo is a college town. So a lot of my clients I'd had for years had moved to other cities. They either lived in San Francisco or many of them lived in LA. So I kind of gathered those. And they say, you know, if you have six clients, you can, you can build the full clientele. It's like a circle of influence. 
So I knew if I had like six girls with great hair that needed color and cut, like I could slowly build my business. So I had six and I had a great deal with a salon owner there um, for a space once a month. And so I would go down and also the price ticket in LA is definitely different from San Luis Obispo. So mm -hmm. I slowly built the clientele there, built my portfolio, and I gradually you know, took the steps to sell my salon and help my styles transition. And um, it was good. Like the person who took it over did a great job. And, and then once I had a clientele built, I would... I started transitioning the other way. So I would go back to slow like twice a month and do all my clients, you know, and like over a weekend. Would you work in the same salon? Um, no, I didn't work back in my salon, no, because I sold it. Right. So there was a different owner. Um, so I would She, do she didn't let you come back, I assume it's a she, but she didn't let you come back and uh, get a chair a couple times a month? No, she ended up moving it to a different space. And it just, you know, with like leadership and it just different dynamics so sure. um yeah so I just kind of flip-flopped it so I would go back and I, I knew I had like a, a regular income and I would rely on that as this other business like slowly unfolded and began to evolve and became more depend you know where I could depend on it more that's how you do it that's how you do it <laughs> <laughs> just kind of you know right. figure it out right yeah exactly that, that that was my that was the question she answered is you know how do you do how do you make that transition? You know, and you didn't let fear or being afraid to stop you. And you know, kudos to your dad for instilling courage and, and just you know simple, practical techniques to get it done. Yeah, not to say I, I mean I was scared, you know, because you know, it was so risky. But I also had opened a salon which felt scarier, you know, taking a loan from a bank and being responsible to other people. And this was something where it was like I didn't have to rely on anybody but myself. Right. So it was less scary in that way, but there were definitely challenges. There's a lot of rejection where I would think somebody would want to work with me and they didn't, they liked this other person more, or, you know, I was waiting weeks for my job to come in or, you know, sometimes it takes 90 days to get paid for a job in LA. So it, it's not like it was all rainbows and butterflies. It was really challenging. And, and at the same time, I was like, I know this is going to make me a better business owner. I know this is going to make me better artist and I remember I was like at my therapist one one time and and I was like dealing with like all my fears and like stressing out and, and she's like do you know what fear stands for and I was like I don't know scary things <laughs> and she's like fear stands for false evidence appearing real every time you get afraid think of that and it stuck with me because it's so true it's not real what's real is what we have here and now mm -hmm. and so just anytime I'm like unsure of like moving forward and that's fear it's not love based or passion based i think about that you know we make choices out of fear or love and i want to make them out of love or my passion because i think that's where you grow and expand and have more life i love that making fear as an acronym i love it yeah it really helps because like from then on i like looked at fear and i was like no we don't got it you ain't real no why are you living here i kicked you out Exactly. <laughs> why are you knocking back I on my door? I thought you were door? talking to me. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> like, why are you knocking on my door? We're taking up closet space. Yeah. <laughs> back in there, are we? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you said kick out. <laughs> you guys have the best laugh. Just, just like open your show with like just your laugh. <laughs> People you hate ever, our laughs. Do you ever listen to Car Talk? Have you ever listened to Car Talk? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah, love all the time. Car Talk. Yeah. yeah. 
think they're both dead now. Maybe a little bit of Carson. Yeah. No, they are. <laughs> I think so. At least one of them is. I love when they had their mom on the show. You guys should have mom. Oh, see, it was way up here, and he goes, they're dead now. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to like. Uh-huh. Yeah, how do we recover from that? So, <laughs> so anyway, so when did you? Um, I'm going to assume that you have a passion for like, like, like you know, natural hairdressing and 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 all that jazz. Like, when did you? Um, is that just being a California girl, or is this something that you kind of experienced? Like, we can do better as an industry. Uh, I- you know what's great? If you met me ten years ago, I had the craziest. Like Vidal Sassoon, the neon red and orange hair with bangs. Um, you know, I tried every haircut. I had short hair, purple hair, like every haircut under the sun. But what happened is when I moved to LA, people would look at me and they would be like nervous. They were like, I don't want, I, I like you, but I don't want your hair. And in LA, it's very much this like jeans, t shirt, easy breezy. Like I didn't do anything, but you did a lot and you spent a lot of money. Right. to look that good um everyone wants to look like they're born beautiful so i changed my own look and my own aesthetic based upon the market um and it, and also i am a california girl like i grew up at the beach i love you know sun-kissed hair i love hair that's been affected by nature um i just think it's like timeless and beautiful and it's an it's a natural beauty and i think we're drawn to it um so, it, you know, I spent 10 years like that, and now I've spent 10 years being more like an artist who creates, like, relaxed, luxurious looks. Like, that's kind of what I I think exists, no matter what the trends are. There's no time for that. And and I think we're also living in an era now where people really want to celebrate the individuality and in their own beauty. And I'm excited about that because mm-hmm. people aren't trying to fit into, like, what they've been marketed to or... Um, sold on TV or in commercials, they're really like discovering themselves and and expressing it, and and that makes me excited because I think when you, the most beautiful thing is when you own your own beauty, you know, because it feels more true and it's and it's captivating and it's contagious. So I I want to like try and help you know whoever sits in my chair or I meet like be able to do that because I think it's true beauty. That's amazing. You know, it's like I think. Sometimes in the industry, and, and a lot of times, and we'll, we'll all kind of that are in the industry will understand this. But like, you know, when somebody sits in their chair, their only goal is to feel beautiful, and whether that's a guy, whether that's you know a grandma, that's whatever. Like that's why they're in your chair is to feel beautiful, and 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 that's not that's not just our clients, but that's all of us, you know. And and if you walk around the convention floor here, you know everybody's here to be or to feel beautiful, and I think. Um, and I commend what you're doing, but you know I think sometimes as an industry we fail to realize that, or we fail to 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 to, to be committed to that. And um, and and I just I applaud you for being committed to that. And thank you. Thank you. That's, that's, that's pretty sweet. That's an amazing industry to be a part of. To like just to be able to empower people and and make them able to celebrate themselves. It's a, an amazing gift. Like I was even thinking about it today. I took a, I had the SAG Awards yesterday and I took a red eye, which I didn't even really sleep on. I looked way different than I look right now. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I got... Natural beauty. Yeah, I got here and, you know, I was trying to get ready. My room wasn't ready, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? And I started curling my hair and like doing my makeup. And I was like, I'm so good. (laughs) It just completely changed my whole like countenance. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do this, you know? And it's just empowering to be able to do that. And, you know, that's 
that's something that I realized when I was in beauty school, that first woman that sat in my chair and how she lit up, she came in different and she, and she left different. And that's like, it feels very like, Absolutely. Again. Every time you finish a client and, and you show them the creation, you see that look on their face and it's like, you know what I mean? It, it, I'm lifted by their expressions as well. You know what I mean? I know that they feel great and they look good, but it, I, I feed off of that as well. Yeah. It's, re it's really rewarding. Yeah. Those are the best feelings, I think. How did you, um, how did you uh, begin a uh, relationship with uh, Matrix? Um, God, let's see, a long time ago, I mean, I, from when I started in the salon using their products, um, this is back and slow. Yeah. The worn chair, the bangs, the bangs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kind of, you kind of play with all the different tools, you know, you like, sure. you're kind of experimenting and seeing what you love and like what works, what doesn't work. And what's cool is like the industry has so many options that it kind of can help like fit all the different types of clients that sit in your chair. Um, and then I, I uh, started working with Biolage a year ago. Yeah, a little over a year ago. But it was also a product that I'd known for many years by the smell. Literally, that's like in my mind, my first memory of Biolage was the smell of the product um, and how it would like hydrate the hair and make it feel so healthy. And um, so yeah, they approached me about a year, year and a half ago um, to work with them. And for me, every time a brand is like asked me, I kind of like feel, I, I look inside and I want to make sure it's like an alignment with like my values and, um, and something that's really important to me as a hairdresser is making sure that not only are people feeling beautiful because of the products um, and the brands that they're using, but that also like our earth is affected in a positive way, especially considering the environmental changes that we've gone through and experienced. And I think everyone can kind of, you know, take note of that now, um, whereas, you know, maybe people thought differently. But so for me, as someone who is a believer in beauty and values it so highly, I have chosen to align myself with, with um, Biolage because it's a brand that cares about not just making people beautiful, but the world a beautiful place. Um, and I love that they recycle products, that they really think and care about their ingredients and their formulation. Um, and that's just important to me that to be able to give back to the world. And you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on that because yeah. what, what a lot of people don't know is that um, Green Circle, the, it's the Green Circle, they're actually here this weekend with, with the thousands of foils that are here, with the thousands of bottles that are here, and they're collecting all that stuff to recycle it. So, so you know, it's not, when you say that, it's not just words. Like, like we've seen it. We were in the model room and we watched it in action. You know, we watched them kind of collect and, and, and do that. And, and that to me is kind of, it's just, it's just the commitment because we have a friend that actually owns a Green Circle Salon, and it's not a cheap thing to do. And I, I can't imagine that at this scale. That, that it can be a very cheap thing to do either. So, I mean, they're definitely like walking the walk and talking the talk, you know? That's cool. Okay, you're, you're here for a reason. And we want to hear all about the new... Uh... We have you here for a reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just put a dad joke? <laughs> That's my job, dog. <laughs> um, dude, tell us about this new product, because uh, the one that... Which uh, one? Well, just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in, like, in, in the plant-based... Uh, uh, a tea pouring, you know, kind of thing that, that. Oh yeah, the boiling water. The boiling water, yeah, the one that we watched uh, Alfredo Alfredo's, pimp yeah. around for uh, for the last few months. 
Well, I think what's really great is that, I mean, speaking about the boiling water, is being able to have a hair color that has no ammonia in it. Mm -hmm. So if you think about that, we're not Especially after any... that big research just came out with all the, you know, with women and... and the NIH started? Yeah, the NIH with the permanent hair color and women and, you know what I mean? So something like this is perfect, uh, you know, with no ammonia, no, no other chemicals. Yeah, so Biolage has created a no-ammonia uh, hair color plant-based line. And what this does is it literally you can add water, boiling water, to the color, to the plant-based color. Um, it has a variety of shades. You can mix and match them. You can, you can put it on the hair all over and then highlight right over. Um, a lot of questions that I've gotten have been around, like, oh, is it henna? Mm -hmm. or the, are there chemicals in it? No, it's really good for the hair. It's going to make it shiny, manageable as a woman who's pregnant. For me, it's something I can put on my body and not have to question or worry about. Um, and I think it's, you know, having done hair for 20 years and have been exposed to chemicals, now when I do color, it's really weird to have that smell yeah. of ammonia. Mm -hmm. And I love that I can use plant-based color. Even on my clients that have skin issues and scalp issues, I know that they can use this color and not have those same side effects. Um, so I, I don't know, I just love that they're innovating in that way and that's just the beginning. Like there's so many more things that they're gonna do and come out with and I love that it's because they have such a strong value system and they really care about the consumer and giving them quality products that deliver with results. That's incredible. So with, with the product, like, um, is it just like a, a toning product? Because um, I'm trying to remember, like, when Alfredo was doing the videos, he kind of used it primarily as like a toning product, didn't he? Or am I wrong? I mean, it has a lot of a lot of different uses. You can use it to tone, to canceling out brassiness um, or unwanted color, or even, you know, if you have that blonde that's bored and wants to have, you know, the lavender or, or blush colored hair for, you know. Oh, it'll do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some clients that are like, you know, I want to have something, you know, I, want to, I want to lease a color, you know, they don't want to buy the color, um, and that's what we call it, we call it leasing the color, so they get to kind of like test drive having pink hair for a month, and then they can be back to blonde without any, any issue, you can highlight right over it. That's really no problem, cool. Yeah. So the long, so like even like those blush colors and stuff, um, you're getting a true month out of that? Yeah. It, so even know, better than like a vivid color. It, thing, yeah. it, all, it always depends on lifestyle. So if you're swimming every day, like it's not going to last that long. Right. If you're washing your hair three times a day, it's not going to last as long. So it depends on like what your routine is too. That's pretty incredible. It's all it's awful scary going on though. You know, cause it looks know, like cause it, it looks, looks like, like black that's going on. And you're and like, oh. and, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think you also it's it's it takes time to like adjust to it and it is a little scary but it's good for clients to kind of like have a little you know like different experience mm -hmm. I think they love that it's warm they love the, the like end result the shiny manageable hair um, and I think they love that they don't have to commit to it too they, right. can, they can you know change up their color at any time is there so like if let's say let's say let's say you do a blush color or let's say you accidentally mix up a blush color can you remove it right away or or is it or is it yeah. a little challenging? No, it's easy. Comes out of the hair. That's awesome. How many colors are there? Twenty. That's twenty. Does it smell like grass? It smells like matcha tea. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah, it's like a nice like earthy smell to it. That's really, really, really cool. I'm, I can't, um, I can't wait to. I'm gonna give you a wink again. I can't wait to play with it. If you know, if you can hook a brother up or something, you know. I mean, you, you can definitely try the clear. 
For sure. You can stick it on your beard. Well, not a mean on me, man. I want to take it not? home and try it on some clients, man. You should try it. <laughs> you should feel how it feels on your skin, the warmth, the application. Are you going to apply it, Sonny? I don't know right now. <laughs> sure. Is it deposit only or can you lift? No, lift. No. Yeah, it doesn't open up the cuticle. It just sits in the cuticle there. So. And it's just using the heat of the water to kind of open that cuticle a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, with some of my clients who are a little like, oh, I'm scared, mm -hmm. um, I'll do the clear with them first so that they can have the benefits of the warmth on their scalp. Um, they can feel their hair. They can deal with the, like, what color the product is, the, the, um, the green you know mixing it up in the bowl so they can they can have the experience with zero commitment and just have those conditioning and those benefits with their hair and then you know we might try like a pastel color or we might just neutralize their warmth um one of my other favorite things to do is you know if brunettes have gone brassy is to neutralize um their overall color and then go back in with like teasy lights and kind of give them like a fresh start what's oh, great right. is uh it doesn't give the hair like a uh, as it fades. It, it I like the softness of how it the uh, softness in color. Yeah, like so. Think about curtains. Okay, this is how I think about color. So you go into a room and you have heavy curtains, right? Ammonia based color is like very heavy on the hair, um, and that's how it sits. And then think about like a curtain with like a little bit more light coming through it, like a sheer or something. Yeah, like that. it. it it's not it depends on like how long you leave it on the hair and like what starting level you're at and that kind of stuff but what i like is that it doesn't look like the color has been stamped on the head i love color that looks like true color it has like if you look under it under a microscope it has a lot of different variation um, yeah. yeah it definitely i mean it definitely like blends the gray and has that delivery um but i just love to me the results look more natural is what i'm trying to say that's really cool. So kind of walk yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of um, you know, like if you were doing a PK class now, kind of walk us through like like how hot is the water, how much what's the water ratio um, mix? Is 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 there is there a direct mix um, with and is are you weighing it? Is that how you're how you're um, determining? Or yeah. is it like a okay, yeah. so, so you so you want the water to boil mm -hmm. and then you're going to do three to one, so three parts color to uh, sorry, three parts water to one part color. Um, and then you want to make sure you apply it uh, right away, so it's the most effective. Obviously, not like you don't want to cool down, but you don't want to burn their face off. Either. Yeah, you know, like put it on the back of your wrist, like you do a baby bottle, mm -hmm. test it there, and then apply it. Um, I'm assuming three quarters water it doesn't dry up. I'm assuming it, because there's so much liquid, it doesn't. It's not going to dry. Yeah, it's not going to dry like how bleach or other, you know, it can dry out on you. Right? Yeah, no, you don't have that issue. But I, I make it as I go, so it's fresh. Um, yeah. And then what, what's your application? Are you using like, are, are you just kind of going through the hair? Is that like, you know, are you just like slapping it on it and like in the bowl, that kind of thing? Or are you going through and you're sectioning the hair like one or two inches or, you know, what does that look like? What's the application look like? Um, it depends on the hair type I'm working with and the result that I'm trying to get. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a very like organized, clean colorist. Mm -hmm. Like I try not to get color anywhere. Um, Don't look at my shoes. But I always create like, <laughs> <laughs> Good thing they're hidden under the table. Um, I create a blueprint, so sectioning is the best way to do that, and then I apply so I can work quickly and efficiently and know where I started and where I'm going. Right. Um, I just think that also instills confidence in the client that's sitting in the chair watching you work, because if you're like all over the place, there they might not be as like trusting unless right. they've been with you for many many years and right. know your whole jam. And is it progressive, or it, it, it'll just color to a, 
a point in stock. It's it just deposits. But the longer it, the longer it's on, does it get darker? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it. Uh, yeah, it goes deeper into the hair, and you can apply heat to it as well to get to get more coverage on the gray. Oh, so it uh, so it like really works. Like you, you kind of like yeah, it's gray blending, and I was like yeah, ten percent or something. But but you can really get some work out of it. Yeah. Tell me about that. What what are we looking at? And be honest. Be hairdresser to hairdresser to me, and don't be uh, don't be matrix. Like what? Uh, what <laughs> I'm kind like of I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know, now you do. So like so like like what kind of coverage are you looking at? Are you looking at really good coverage, or, or are you looking at like at fifty percent? We're we're at fifty percent. It depends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it depends on how much gray or sparkles the client has. Um, it also depends on hair density and texture. Um, it depends on porosity. Mm -hmm. So you, first you need to clean the hair, cleanse it, um, and then you can go in and apply the product. And cleansing it, are you talking about like a normal like shampoo or are you talking yeah. about like a clarifier or some kind of like something that's going to, you know? Yeah, you want to clarify it um, so that you remove any sort of buildup on the hair and that it's like a clean canvas and then you can go in and apply. You want to make sure it's towel dried and not like sopping wet because right. you're diluting product then. Right. Um, but you really want to make sure there's not silicones on the hair, especially if you have a client who flat irons and applies a lot of product all the time on their hair. You want to like have a very fresh, clean canvas so you can apply So do you that. apply it on wet hair or do you dry damp, the damp? damp hair? Yeah. Um, if I have someone who has um, resist, really resistant hair, I'll dry it more. Um, or if I have someone who, it, it depends on like what I'm trying to, if I'm trying to tone or I just think about hair as in fabric, like what kind of fabric do I ideally want to work with? What kind of fabric is sitting in my chair? So making sure you really analyze and not every client is different. You have mm -hmm. to analyze each one. There's not a one fits all for everybody. And does, does, uh, does matrix or, or, or uh, you are what? avoiding saying biolage so much. Biolage. <laughs> <laughs> this matrix or biolage? How did you oh, say it earlier, remember? Biolage. There you go. See, you can have your own version of it, but we all know what you mean. Biolage. 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 Okay, so so you shampoo so your client. <laughs> I think it is, right? It's yeah. just the lash. <laughs> um, uh, so you have the client and, and you've shampooed them, you've, you've clarified their hair, they're sitting, in, they're sitting in your chair. Is there a product that you've used to kind of uh, get up the snarls before you... Um, because you could you just you've just clarified the hair right so yeah. you don't want to put a lot of product on there that then is going to get a get in the way of the uh, of the uh, biolage so um is, is there a product that, that 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 you use to you know either help detangle the hair or something like that by the um, way i'm going through my whole process how i'm going to use this product so i want to yeah, make sure I was, like <laughs> i was watching the mechanics happen over there um to remove tangles uh i would either use the the biolage like the the all-in-one benefit uh -huh. spray because it's lightweight it's going to prime the hair and prep it and stay out of the way yeah and Most condition it it's not gonna it doesn't have any silicones or parabens in it so it's not going to create that shield um it's just going to condition and prepare the hair and in fact if you have someone who has really damaged porous hair it's going to help even out the porosity so in a sense it's actually could you should have that as part of your set boom love so, that are you still in a salon you still work in a salon at all um i do rent a chair sometimes when i have major makeovers like when i have a, a client that goes from black to blonde um, but most of my clients are private and i go to their houses or they come to I have like a little one chair studio, um, so they'll come over. That's pretty cool. 
One more biolage question. Uh, Sorry, I couldn't job. get past I have it. Too for, for, <laughs> for the attempt there? Yeah. yeah. You so got it. You, you got said it. there was 20 colors. Are they intermixable? Yes, they are. Yeah. That's, that's really And in fact, that's my favorite thing because who we're, we're colorists, right? We're creators. So mm -hmm. make your own little magic. You know, make names for them. Create your own little, you know, sherbet, mint, whatever you want, chocolate sundae. Like, you know, let's get creative. And that's what makes the client feel special. Is there a general like time frame you leave it on? Or do you? Uh, uh, at least fifteen minutes, yeah. Oh wow, that's quick too. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome, dude. I, I honestly like we don't normally talk about product on this podcast at all. I am so truly excited about this product. Um, you haven't tried it yet. Legitimately, I haven't. What, what do you think the five hundred questions about the product is? <laughs> No, we legitimately, I haven't tried it, but I'm super, super excited about about giving it a go and, and smelling the maca tea and, 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 and all that stuff. I'm like legitimately excited. And I got I to gotta tell you, and um, we're based right outside. Of, we're literally across the street from the National Institution of Health, right? Oh, wow. So here, here's a very interesting thing about where, where we all work is um, it's the highest educated women in the world that we work with. So, so where we work, there's no BS in people. Right, because everybody sitting in your chair is way smarter than you are. You know what I mean? And and, and and the NIH thing has come up quite a few times, certainly in my chair, at least just questioning, hey, have you seen it? Well, have I seen it isn't isn't just hey, have you seen it? It's like we gotta talk about it. You know, and, and I'm really excited about this product because because it allows me to offer something else to to my clients that that, that are that are that can that are concerned. And that's why I was asking about the gray coverage, because a lot of my you know, I'm old now because of the dad joke, but because a lot of my clients are, 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 are older and we have a lot of gray coverage. So it, it's legitimately something that, that, that I want to get into and to, and to give a go. Well, and I think consumers, too, are also becoming more educated about they would, what they put on and in their body. Um, people really want to live longer. They want to live healthier lives, better lives. And I think every little thing that we can do to try and make our habits uh, be healthier choices is really important. So I think biology is a brand that's cares about that and it's given us products so that we can help people live longer and happier and healthier and more beautiful. Mm, love it. Yep. On that note. On that note. <laughs> Actually, before we before we jump out, um, Sonny, just kind of give everybody where they can find you and, and where they can hang out with you and stuff. Well, Meaning me, Instagram. If you see me, come <laughs> say hi. But yeah. you can find me on Instagram for sure. And my handle is at Sunnybrook, S-U-N-N-I-E-B-R-O-O-K. And when we air this podcast, uh, those, re, uh, I guess we'll, we'll do a little thing, see if they can research, or after we run the podcast, they hear this, and uh, see if they can find out her uh, her other name, her other last name. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the Brooke. Go up to her and tell her her, her, her other name. <laughs> Amazing. That's so awesome. Sunny, dude, I'm so happy we made made this happen because for, for there was, was a, there was about two seconds that I didn't think it was going to happen <laughs> so we finally made we're well, not finally but but I'm really really happy to meet you I'm really really happy to sit down with you and kind of break bread with you and I'm I'm, I'm where's super where's the bread where's the bread just kidding <laughs> all that information all that all that knowledge you just dropped kid. Share, the, share the candy yeah no we didn't share the candy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you but just thanks for hanging out with us and thanks for sitting with us and um I'm fascinated by you now, so I, I can't I, okay. I can't wait to air this and um and we'll, we'll, whatever that's all that. Maybe I get to interview you guys next time. <laughs> Deal. Do you have a podcast? No. Okay. This is my second podcast. Perfect. Awesome. Well, you, that's awesome. Racking them up. Racking them up. <laughs> that was awesome. You, were, you did good. You did Thanks. great. That's so good. So, Miss Sunnybrook, 
Thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.